Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Boiling Pointers. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we start, Dave and I want to let you know all about our Boiling Point process, online courses, live events, and masterminds. After interviewing hundreds of leaders, we've packaged a ton of knowledge together to serve up to you. Info that will help you and your company be heard in a very noisy marketplace. So visit www.boilingpointprocess.com and sign up for the email newsletter, and we'll let you know when our next cohort or event is. Thanks also for supporting The Boiling Point by subscribing to us on iTunes and also leaving a rating for us. Dave, what a great couple of uh, weeks of uh, interviews we've had. Um, yeah, you know, there's been a thread, so I'll be interested to see if that thread continues through this conversation. Um, but um, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the best part about what we do is we get to uh, interact with people. And the last couple of times has been actually people have come to us. Yeah. But now we're uh, we're kind of reaching out across the continent to the four time zones away to talk to someone you know yeah, who so I'm just going to get to know. Exactly. So uh, a little who's, bit of Who's context. in a padded, padded room, he says. Padded so room. That's, that's so funny. Yeah. And we'll, 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 we'll be explaining what that means in a sec. A, a, a little bit of context, Dave. You and I have been, uh, for the last two years been uh preparing for our launch for the boiling point process yeah and and that has been inspired by jeff walker because you and i both uh have been following his product launch formula yeah and uh i ended up uh you know i i totally knew i was going to be signing up to go to an event in phoenix that i'd probably be sold to on the third day but i was like whatever let me go let me go check this out so i i go to this three-day event i left uh the morning of the third day when the sales started but on day one and day two man i had so much value in uh, what Jeff Walker had to teach. Um, but even better than that was the other incredible entrepreneurs I got to meet there who are going on similar journeys. They've got some sort of a business that they can um, offer to the world uh, at scale. And uh, I, I, I met this one fellow, uh, this one fellow who's on Skype with us right now, Carol Bernard, who um, stood out, uh, and Carol, I hope you don't mind me uh, introducing this way, he stood out because he had a big neck brace. Yeah. And I, I think this is an amazing way to start the conversation. Let's get real. Let, let, let's make the epiphany bridge of, of you and I meeting for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Carol, before we even get into the business, Govology, let's, let's do a quick introduction from you and also about uh, that day that you and I met. And I came over and we had a little chit-chat and you had uh, – you're just coming out of a, a of a trying time physically, uh, you know, with your neck, and uh, yeah, br br bring it on, man. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. I actually uh, I was at another leadership conference, and that's where I broke my neck. Inter interestingly enough, but it was kind of a little bit modeled after Navy Seals Hell Week. But so I was in a wrestling match, and that's how that happened. So my wrestling days are over now. <laughs> but okay, so you, you were at a conference at a wrestling in a wrestling match. Okay, yes. I got to hear this story. I, di I didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah, so, well, it was a uh, actually a small leadership kind of team. So there's only about really 
13 guys. We went through a, a particular week together, and uh, there was some really great evolutions uh, that we had gone through, but one of them was uh, wrestling, and we did some MMA-style wrestling in a uh, MMA gym, and then some on uh, a beach in California, and uh, that's where it all happened. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, all that to say is that's how you and I met. You know? Yeah, so it's a I, great I, conversation starter. Well, exactly. And, 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 and everybody <laughs> should wear neck braces conferences. <laughs> How many people came up to you and talked to you about that? You probably yeah, knew everyone. Like people won't recognize you without the neck brace now, right? <laughs> yeah, I got to talk to Jeff Walker's wife for a while. <laughs> oh, nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so Carol and I have developed a, a friendship out of that, Dave. Yeah. And uh, he's got an incredible business called Govology, which really helps um, companies who are keen to grow through government procurement. Mm. Um, it's a very difficult, on, in the United States and in Canada, it's very similar, but it's a very difficult um, universe to navigate 100%. if you don't really get it. Now, of course, Carol is an expert in this, so he's developed uh, courses and uh, coaching around this. So, uh, Carol, why, why don't you uh, let our audience know what Govology is all about? Yeah, so basically... Uh, my background is in buying. So I was a buyer for the federal government for a while. I also worked here locally at the city of Vancouver for a while in, that, in the acquisition department. And I worked at the U.S. Small Business Administration, followed by another program uh, put out by the Department of Defense that helps small businesses get involved with government procurement. Uh, but basically, uh, I started Govology because uh, you know, it's hard enough to do business with the government just because of some of the complexities and the red tape. But really, there was not really a, a good way to get knowledge in, in order to do this. And so um, it was about 2011 or so uh, when I was at the SBA and, you know, I would see people struggling to get the knowledge that they needed. And we had a few trainings online at the SBA, but they were pretty basic. And so I had this vision to be able to create an online platform so that small businesses could come in and not have to fly all the way out to Washington, D.C., for example, from the West Coast, pay $2,000 to get proposal writing training. We could get right here online. And so that's really what Govology is all about, really, and kind of as the name sounds, the study of the government marketplace. And really, it's all about helping people get access to that education no matter where you are really in the country or, or in the world for that matter. But uh, most of what we uh, talk about at Govology does apply to uh, U.S. But uh, as we talked earlier, I think a lot of this is universal because it's all a process of getting involved with the government. And, and even federal government in the U.S. is different than the state and local governments like we were talking like the cities, county, state, locals. By which I'm not sure what you guys call that in Canada. Uh, do you have cities there? Or, uh, <laughs> Municipal. So that that, provincial. That, that that was a joke that deserves a, a, a soundtrack of a laugh track. Because we're on the phone yesterday, yesterday talking about what we're going to talk about today, and uh, yeah. Carol's like, "Yeah, and, uh, you know, your provinces and cities. You, you guys call it cities, right? Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't have counties, so we, right? No, we got counties. We don't have states. We have provinces." Okay. Other than that, we yes, are as, as as American as America. No, but not <laughs> not not counties in the same way. It, we do have would, counties; are different type. They, they, they would they would okay. they wouldn't look they wouldn't look the same. I right. don't think. Um, well, I'm guessing that for you guys, there would be individual purchasing authorities set up for like a federal yeah. 
acquisition and then you've got and your provincial. provinces. Yeah, and, yeah, provincial. And, then, yeah. and then municipal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What an interesting. You, what, here's, here's, here's where yeah. I here's where I go because I because I, listen, um, it is so tricky to do business with governments uh, at any level, right? Uh, in my from my perspective, you know, and uh, in fact, I just recently we've been doing business for a number of years with the provincial government. We'll just just leave it at that, and um, and then we found out our vendor status had changed or whatever when someone was trying to procure our services. And, you know, and then we're limited by, you know, some legislation says you can only spend this much per de- department and mm-hmm. all this. I mean, craziness. And I'm and I just I get as an entrepreneur, it's so frustrating because you have a service that they, and I'm in a coaching business that, 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 that is recognized as valuable. And yet we're getting hung up in procurement. And I'm I'm guessing this is a very common problem. I mean, obviously, that's why Gavology exists. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things I was going to share back when I was at the SBA, uh, which was back about 2011, 2010 timeframe, and before that I was a buyer, but I saw this interesting thing happening, and we were right at the tail end of the big recession here, and what I saw during that recession was two different worlds. In one world, the vendors who did not have any government business were really going under. Uh, people were going bankrupt. People were calling me trying to get involved with the government, but you just can't turn it on overnight. It right. takes a while to get involved, to get positioned in the right places. Whereas the people who are already positioned, they were having more work than they could even handle. So the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because the government always spends money. They print money. And the fact is, is that in a lot of times in the recession, the government spends more money in order to stimulate the economy mm. and but you got to be involved with it ahead of time and yes it can be complex but if you learn a few tricks you can also keep it a little bit more simple well what i was gonna and i want to learn about this by the way um but but what what are you finding are um you know, kind of the myths that people are are holding in their minds that aren't doing business with government. Like what, what, what are what are the you know? Because I think these, this, I think there's these mental blocks many many uh, small businesses have. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that the myths are that uh, I'm too small, or it's too complex, or I can't make any profit in the government because it's all low bid, and. That is certainly the case in some situations. There are the low bid scenarios, but there's a lot of also scenarios where, you know, people if if they figure out where where their fit is, and what I'm saying by that is that they may be a subcontractor to a prime contractor that's involved with the government, and it's still government money because when I talk about the government marketplace in general, I also talk about the flow down spin, right? So you've got the bigger primes that are up there and then you've got the flow down spin. So there's all kinds of ways that you can approach the market. But what I would say about if you find yourself in a situation where you're seeing bids come out from the government and you look at an opportunity and say, well, I can't really make any profit on that because it's low bid. Well, I would say think about it from a different strategy. Think about it from getting your foot in the door on that low bid with a person that you're trying to do business with, and then you can come back in there and create a specialized offer that nobody has. And I think it's about really getting created because anytime the government is putting out a buy that basically anybody can do, right, then it can be low price and if it's kind of technical. But I know here in the U.S., uh, the federal government in particular 
and even some state and local governments like to actually do what they call a best value procurement, and it's not all about low price. So typically, the more technical the project is, the more they like to go to that best value continuum, and they say, well, we want to look at things other than price. The other thing I will say about this, too, is that there's a lot of transactions that go under what's called the micro-purchase threshold where the government buyers can just use a credit card and they don't require any competition. Mm, and, and there's no tender whatsoever in that case. Right. Wait, so, for example, yeah. if it's $5,000, if you have some kind of package where you come in for a day, do something, and get out, and you can swipe that card for $49.97, there is no competition. So, you know, you've got your margins built in there. And so, depending upon how you want to approach that, now in the U.S., uh, and in a lot of state and local agencies in the U.S., that threshold is $10,000. And I say, you know, create your in-the-door offer to get your foot in the door under those micro-purchases. Uh, and then build a relationship because things can scale up from there. And if you have a relationship and you have something that's very unique that nobody else offers at the higher levels, then the government will come back to you and they'll be like, hey, I, I love these guys. I really want to use them again. Uh, they've got something that's very unique, and we can actually at that point do a sole source justification to say, well, nobody else has this. It's kind of like that concept of creating an offer, and, and uh, Greg and I is in some of the same training in terms of creating an offer, and how do you differentiate an offer from everything else that's out there in the marketplace? And so at that point, you can get bigger contracts and, and that the agencies can come to you if you have something unique. So it's all about really kind of figuring out where you fit in there, how you profit. And once you do do your first job, even if it's a low price offer, you can go back and kind of study, hey, how can we get our cost down? And maybe we can uh, compete on these things if maybe we outsource for like example, you guys, Greg, if you did you know, video editing in the Philippines and you did some other things locally. You know, how can you get those costs down? And so, but I definitely think that this is a great market for all businesses, even the small businesses. Uh, you know, we do a lot of business ourselves. Um, you know, we're just a couple of people in our business. And um, so it's been great for us. And I think it could be really good for anyone. What got you on to Jeff Walker, Carol? Like, how did you? I'm, I'm curious about how that all came about and, you know, and how that's impacted your business. Yeah, you know, I got into Jeff Walker. I just happened to see a video of his uh, one of these days, and I didn't purchase it the first time around, but the second time around, um, you know, I went ahead and, and purchased his program in terms of the, you know, really how to launch uh, a product out there and really just wanted to get and be able to get more information out there and, and partner with people. And that's one of the things that I really liked about Jeff Walker's program where he talked about the joint venture launch where you're starting to partner up with other entrepreneurs. And we actually had a really good uh, launch last year uh, where we partnered up with some of our uh, folks that we know and we had a free workshop where we had about 750 people come through it and wow. so that was a record for us and um, you know I'm always learning and I, and I think that that's the thing to always learn and uh, that's the point here with Govology as well is that you know the training's out there now you know back in the 60s or 70s or 80s it was just think back in those days where you actually didn't have any training online and <laughs> You were like faxing in or mailing in your bids and oh, trying yeah. to do it that way. So I think we're like in the golden age where 
you know, everything's accessible now and everything's a lot easier now. So I think anybody that wants to get involved now at this point with government, the information's there. It's a lot easier and uh, and you can do it. I find it really interesting in your business because it's such a unique niche, what you have found. And essentially, you've taken your great historic knowledge just through the experience of being a, a purchaser. You had an inside information on how this whole structure works. And then you decided to package it into a training course and share it with others. Where did that heart come from to, to say, you know what, I've, I know something that a lot of people don't and I want to share it. Like, wh- where did that come from? Well, you know, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. And I've, I've done a few different things and I've had things that have worked and some things that were miserable failures. And I could like spend a, we could do a whole podcast on all of that stuff and you'll probably laugh. Oh, no, we're, 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 sh- we're shaking our head and going, it's good to hear that we're not the only ones oh, yeah. that have had the, 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 the ups yeah. and the nice. downs, right? At one point, I was actually importing didgeridoos from <laughs> India and <laughs> selling them in Australia. What? <laughs> Oh man! I, I, <laughs> there was so all, coming all the way to the man. states, that and then beautiful. and then. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, was, I lived in Australia for two years, <laughs> okay. and I was like, "Hey, these didgeridoos are pretty cool." But like, uh, you know, I was trying to learn how to play them, and and it's like to buy one, it's like you got to pay a lot of money. So I, I found this guy in India that was basically uh, selling these little PVC ones, but they were decorated. And uh, anyway make a long story short, we started importing those into Australia. I even had them placed in the Australia National Museum gift shop in the capital there. And so that's, anyway, I digress, but. <laughs> I want to hear more about that later. And, yeah. and I want to buy an online course from you about how to play the ditch. I've got two of them and I can't, I can't do circular breathing, but that's a course uh, okay. for another day. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I've been an entrepreneur all my life, you know, and it's hard because when you're out there trying to build something, you're like, you know, hey, I've got this spirit and this passion to build something here. And, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, we kind of be to have a, you know, move to a different drum beat, you know, and once you've got that bug in you, you can't get it out. And so when I came into the government and I started looking at like how the government would buy and all of these small businesses that were, were really doing well, and then coming from that perspective, to see what happened during that last uh, big recession that we had, where there was these these two stories of contractors, like some that were basically going bankrupt and some that were like, they were turning away business from the government. They're like, I can't take anymore. You know, in fact, that was kind of a problem for me when I was a buyer. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, our construction folks are not taking any more projects on. So, you know, they had so much work. And so it was just such a big gap between those two types of businesses and so that's really what makes me passionate about this one is to know that you know the government can be a good source of growth and fuel for a small business and when you get those contracts they're not like loans that you have to pay back and in fact here in the US one of the SBA's big things that they try to do to support small businesses is to support them through contracts with the government and so there's a few programs that the SBA has because they know, hey, if we can get some of these uh, small businesses out there, government contracts, then they can grow. And here in the States, there's actually set-asides. Uh, I don't know if you guys have that in, in Canada, but so, for example, if you're a small business in, here in the States, the, the federal government has 23% of business that they do. So they do about $500 billion a year. 
and 23% of that they reserve exclusively for small businesses and they try to hit that goal. And so there's specific set-asides where you don't even have to compete with big business. You can operate under some of these set-asides if you feel that you can't be competitive for some of the bigger guys. And I really just found that fascinating and how much the you know U.S. government really does to support small businesses out there that are trying to grow and diversify uh, their business because that's the other important part is the d- diversification perspective. Uh, I think I think that's really really cool. Like I, I feel like in Canada we have a pretty good support system for small business, but we are not the U.S. and like your economy is so driven by business. Where in in Canada like. It feel I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Like, like there's uh, there's more social nets here for failure. If you fail here, it's a little bit easier to get back on your on your feet. But there's less incentive, not incentive, but there's there's less programs available to help the smaller businesses thrive. But maybe am I am I accurate in saying that? Uh, not well. I mean, I don't think I, I'm not sure about you know, and there may be it out there, but I'm not aware of programs that help small business do work with government. But there but there's a lot of support. On small business, if you think of ONB, CBDC, yeah, but we're ACOA. in a region though. Like, like that's that's very regional because we're. But even but ACOA yeah. or like some of the funding that's not that would go through different federal agencies. To, mm. I think there is. I mean, yeah. but you know what? Yeah, a lot of it's regionally dependent. How are people responding to Gavology? Like, how how are you? You getting the message out? Are they clamoring for it? Or I mean, I'm guessing a lot of education is probably required because of some of the misconceptions. Yeah, you know, and, and there's a there's a big program here in the states that's actually supported by the Department of Defense. It's called the Procurement Technical Assistance Program, and they have what they call Procurement Technical Assistance Centers located all across the United States. And so we partner up with a lot of those uh, Procurement Technical Assistance Centers to support the small businesses through training, and then each one of those centers have actual counselors. And this program came about in the mid-'80s, when the government said, well, hey, we're paying too much for toilet seats and hammers, so let's figure out why that is. And so there was actually a study, and what they found is that because of the complexity of doing business with them, they're just their supplier base was very small. And anytime you've got a small supplier base, then basically you're going to pay higher prices for everything. Of course. And so this program is funded in part by the Department of Defense to really build that supplier base for the, the federal government. But also they help a lot of people that want to do business with state and local. And one of the interesting things here that I will also mention is that, uh, you know, when I was at the SBA, we would always promote doing business with the federal government and saying that the federal government of the United States is the largest buyer of goods and services in the world, doing about $500 billion a year. But what a lot of people miss is that if you aggregate the spin of all of the state and local agencies in the U.S., I mean, you're talking a spend of about $1.5 to $2 trillion a year. And so it really dwarfs even the federal government. And I'm going to guess it's probably going to be the same way in Canada. You know, if you take the federal spin, and that's one big pot, but then you take all the this provincial spin and however you call it, <laughs> you know, you aggregate that, that's probably an even bigger pot. And the interesting thing about that is that every agency is kind of different in the way that they procure. And so it's imperative for businesses, I think, that want to do business with the government to, first of all, know who they want to do business with and spend some time figuring out how that particular agency does business in terms of 
what is the dollar threshold for micro purchase so you can craft an offer that will fit under the micro purchase call it a foot in the door offer right and then figure out how you can meet some of the end users and the agencies that would use that and they could just go directly to you if you needed to bid go ahead and make a bid if you have to go low price go ahead and, and make a low price bid and maybe you're not going to make a lot of profit on your first one but you'll get in there and then the idea is that have people love you know you and like you right or trust you like me trust me do business with me i mean because right. if they don't know you they don't trust you they're not going to probably do business mm. with you so the more you can really get in there and really uh, blow their mind with what you do the more that they would want to use you directly and there's some actual channels that that can happen and you just start figuring it out over time and you ask a lot of questions and you take some training where available and you move forward. Carol, this is really interesting. We're, we're coming close to the end of our um, interview, unfortunately, but you're okay. So we we're learning a lot, um, but the product, your product, what are people when they, 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 they go to, is it, is it govology.com? Yes. When they go to govology.com and they get into your course, buy your services, what what's going to happen? What's the what's the experience? So there's a couple of ways that they could do this. We have a website where it's kind of like uh, Amazon, right? So we've got we've got Prime where it's like if you want to buy a subscription uh, for forty seven dollars a month, uh, you could get access to all of our training. If you want uh, to buy a separate like a a pay per view, we do have like if you just want one course, you can buy that. Uh, but we're actually uh, putting together a, a 30 day launch plan for people so that if you want to really get launched into the government, because one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of people do things the wrong way in their launch. And if you look at their vendor profiles, like here in the States, about 70 or 80% of them are either incomplete or inaccurate, which is going to create a problem for you. So we've got a 30 day uh, gov launch challenge that we're putting together. And so uh, I'm about to put some information up onto the website there. And probably by the time folks are listening to this, that will be live. But it's at govology.com forward slash launch. And so the idea of that is basically to go through 30 days of this process where you focus on getting a little bit of training, but taking some small action items to set up your vendor profile. Uh, here in the States, there's small business certifications for women-owned business, for veteran-owned business get your certifications and really get through that process and, and get launched the right way. Because the other thing that typically happens is that if you don't do it the right way, as soon as you get registered into that uh, public database, you start getting hit up by all of these companies and they want to sell you something and, and a lot of them are scams. And so I've seen people like waste thousands of dollars trying to buy something that's going to be their magic ticket. So we want to be able to get people launched in and bring them in the right way and introduce them to some of those programs that actually can help them out for free. So that's where we're putting that launch page. You know, it's just that's that's smart, and I love the action orientation. I mean, that's so critical, and so people sh that are interested because that'll set them up, as you point out. So you know, versus trying to start you know, brand new if the recession, you know, if the recession hits or things mm. change. Um, yeah, get involved now. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's what I, that's, I mean, we're going to talk about takeaways in a couple minutes, but that's something I'm taking away. Um, I'm guessing you probably have an affiliate link for that. Yes. So that's govology.com forward slash launch. Okay. Well, and govology is spelled just like it. Gov governmentology, G-O-V-O-L-O-G-Y. Excellent. Com Excellent. Forward slash launch. Yeah. Beautiful. 
Well, listen, Carol, thank you so much, man, for spending your time uh, with us. And uh, uh, the audience or Dave uh, will have no idea what I'm about to say right now, but uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to spending time on the beach with you in, in uh, Greece uh, coming up soon. That's yeah. That's exciting, man. Yeah, Looking I, forward I to think it. I think I do know what you're talking about. And just no, just whatever you do, don't wrestle, Greg, on the beach. Oh yes, no wrestling, <laughs> no wrestling. All right, no, no wrestling for me. <laughs> I love it, Carol. Thank you so much, my friend, and looking forward to uh, to hearing some feedback from this uh, from this particular interview. This is super compelling, and it really has stirred up interest in me in going deeper and harder, and and stop making excuses about. Yeah. Connecting in to the yeah, systems. 100%. We always make excuses as entrepreneurs. Yeah. Oh, working for the government. Oh, it's just too too much red tape. Lowest bid. But you know what? Those who have figured it out and mastered it, you're so right. It's a, it's a it's a fanta- fantastic safety net. Talk, you know, uh, during low times. So this is great, Carol. Thank yeah. you, my friend. All right, guys. All thank right. you so much for having me. Okay. Take care, man. See you, Carol. Thanks. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 And now it's time for the Boiling Point Takeaways. What an interesting conversation with uh, Carol. Is it Bernard? Carol Bernard, yeah. Yeah, uh, Gavology. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we we'll probably have similar takeaways, Greg. What certainly a takeaway for me is that if you are a small business, as you and I are, the, the inver- importance of setting up our profile uh, with the governments, um, getting into the procurement system, mm-hmm. you know, not having the lame excuse that I've had where it's just too frustrating, too, you know, taking the time and finding someone that can actually help you navigate the system like Evology would uh, probably in the U.S. I don't, I don't know about Canada. I meant to ask him that. Um, the other thing is, and I've actually, I've actually you know, used this, um, it, but this idea of having a foot-in-the-door service that won't go north of uh, certain thresholds that the government has in place. Yeah, like five grand or twenty grand. Yeah, whatever it is. and I think like I like I think you know in the provincial government that I'm most familiar with, I think there's like a ten grand spend. So you just want to make sure your your service offering six and that. But but um but but th- the uh, the idea of foot in the door offer would imply that you know you're getting in and then you do this other work to make sure you continue doing the business. So um so those are my takeaways. All right. Yeah. So uh, let's put my headphones back on. Uh, it's uh, we do have the same takeaways, Dave. For are you going vertical? <laughs> same horizontal. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that just <laughs> so nobody knows what we're laughing at. So Dave and I are uh, Dave and I are recording the video recording all of our takeaways. <laughs> Dave just took the horizontal camera and flipped it to vertical. Now only video geeks like me would would get upset at that. So and, <laughs> and you did. <laughs> Anyhow, back to government. Um, Dave, we we do. Hemings House does a lot of government work, uh, provincial and and federal. But it really we do it with cynicism, uh, in a way of like, oh well, why are we going to put this RFP in? We're probably going to lose to the lowest bidder. Oh, it's going to take too long. All that sort of thing, right? But I think that's really bad attitude, and that's, that's us making excuses, because those companies who have figured out how to get into the government are rocking it, especially during recession times, uh, which is exactly what Carol was saying. So, listen, you're doing a great job holding that camera. So, for those of you 
who are just listening to this podcast, go check out our Facebook. Uh, and you can see these videos. And you can see Dave shaking the camera right now because he's laughing so hard. And, uh, yeah, so we're really excited. I'm going to spin this around here. We're really excited, uh, folks, uh, to... Go vertical, man. I'm going to go, to go vertical. <laughs> we're, 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 we're excited for you to connect with us outside of just the podcast. If you're yes. listening to us on iTunes, make sure you check us out on, on Facebook. Why? Because we're going to be launching a lot more video content on there in, in the horizontal space. Um, <laughs> Not but, vertical. But also... Also, um, we're uh, join our, our our mailing list as well, Dave, um, on our website because whenever we launch a new course or a new module or event, you will be informed. So isn't that a lovely way to end the podcast? Uh, yeah. You get a close up of me. Yes, it's yeah. great. Oh, okay. okay, we'll we'll talk to you soon, Dave. And thank right. you everybody for listening. Thanks for the support of the Boiling Point, and we'll talk to you soon. Later. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. <laughs>